All right, we're back with our daily Bible study. Yep. It's been a few days. Yes. So, I guess it's not daily if it's been a few days, but it has. It's been a rough week. It seems like we say that all the time, so I guess I'm just not going to expand on it. But we're back. Every week just seems to be worse. Seems like it just gets worse and worse and not better and better. But I suppose it could be worse, and I know it could be worse. So, but we're good. We'll let you know next week. Yeah. (laughs) Suppose. All right, but yeah, we're back. Sorry for the absence. Yes, it 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 was not intentional at all. I've been extremely sick for the past couple days, so. And the only reason why we didn't even try to soldier through it is he literally has not been able to talk because of the intense pain that he has been in. So yeah. it made it hard to even try to soldier through considering you couldn't. Uh, yeah, I I was going to try to yesterday at one point and there's just no way that I could uh, talk long enough. As a matter of fact, I couldn't even do our normal Bible study in the morning. That yeah, we I had to read family. that kids, You so. had to read it, so. Anyways, go ahead and pause us real quick, spend some time in prayer before we get started. And then, of course, if there's anything that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, provisions, if you need a Bible, if you need counsel, whatever it may be, APHomeChurch.com, come and say hey and let us know how we can help. It always seems to happen, though, um, when we finally get ahead of steam and finally get totally excited. I know I was super excited about starting Corinthians. And just as soon as I get excited about it, literally the next day, I just feel like death. Yeah. And it did not let up. That was just the frustrating part. So, That's what was getting scary. Yeah, it was not letting up. I was I was quite frightened a few times. But anyway, we're back. I'm done wrestling with those demons, I guess. Those pain demons for a while. So. For now. For now. So we're going to do 4, 5, and 6. Starting in chapter four, obviously, uh, you're gonna have to move the little thing off know, though, because I, I forgot I'm your controller. I can't see. Okay. See now we have a, a new setup that we both like that works best for both of us now. Because his computer died. Yeah. Which we've been having issues, so now we're trying to work off of like my computer where I also run all of the software to do like the actual recording. So. So that's cool. We're trying. Going. If you haven't listened to the first three chapters, go back and listen to them because it won't make sense. We go through the complete books and starting up in the in the beginning. Uh, actually, we started backwards. So <laughs> with our letters. Yes, we're reading all so, the letters of the New Testament. We're reading but all the, the the letters of the New Testament backwards. As per the request of our children. Right. So we've done. We started in Corinthians. This week, I guess, is when, mm-hmm. this Monday is when the first one went up. So, we started with 1, 2, and 3. It's already up, so go listen to that if you haven't. Or Tuesday, yeah. If you have, going back into chapter 4, right here, we're right in the middle of Paul still explaining that it does not matter who or what. It, it's about Christ. It's not about, you know, some, the, the person that, that teaches you the gospel. That was uh, becoming the problem in Corinth here, it's, you know, especially in that culture, is they would get attached to a particular teacher, and then they would all flock behind that one teacher's ideas, and anywhere the the you know another teacher's idea kind of went off, they would that would be a immediately start going back and forth with argument and slander and and everything else, and that's what Paul's point here is is pointing out. Uh, 
that it it doesn't matter. They're just the vessels, and, and Christ is the one who is the substance. Because the the issue they were dealing with here is there was more importance being placed on the person that you were following and their teachings the, the and their substance. whatever versus it's all about Christ. Correct. So that's what he's he's pointing out here. Uh, verse 1. So look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. I want to stop right before we get to six. <clears throat> Excuse me, before to verse six. This is one of those things that I really, really hate about the NLT because this leaves out a key point that Paul makes in this ver this particular verse, uh, where it's not that huge, but I mean, still studying it, it it's leaving out a whole meaning here. On verse 6, it's, Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I have been saying. If you pay attention to what I have quoted from the scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense over another. Expense of another. Okay, so that, obvi I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory what, what Paul's saying there. He's saying he's just using him and Apollos as an example. Um, if you pay attention to what I've written in the, what quoted from the scriptures is the part that that I'm having an issue here with. Let me go ahead and read it out of the ESV, and maybe you can just catch my issue here. I have applied... This is the ESV now that I'm reading verse 6 out of, 4-6. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. Mm-hmm. And I looked up in the NASB too has it rendered um, that you may not learn to exceed what is written. So they do it too. This is very, very well, important. Yeah, NLT has it noted. It has it noted. But that's, but not that's in it. That's a huge problem. You have to click on the little box mm -hmm. right there because actually that is a little bit bigger than I first gave it credit for because yeah, he is telling you not to go outside of scripture. Not to go outside what is written. And this was a problem with all these new teachers and stuff. You think that they didn't have... They already had a counter, counterfeit letters and stuff that were going around already around at this time. So that this is already something that had already occurred. Uh, this is nothing new. The same thing, you know, is is occurring in ways today. You know, still like we were just talking about, you know, with the Catholic Church again. They use outside sources is their main proof of their religion mm -hmm. and right here i mean just in a general reading you would kind of look past that but that's one of those things where it's clearly pointed out in scripture that paul taught not to go outside of what was written now at this time all of the letters weren't compiled yet but they would have had 
um, they they would have had a good chunk of the, the letters, letters circulating, and, yeah. And you know, depending on what time that you believe the gospels were were written, they could mm-hmm. they even probably circulated some gospel copies around at this time. So, I mean, this, and then too, this would have been people that would have walked, you know, that would have heard Jesus, seen, or either the apostles were st- still around. So, I mean, this was still pretty, still pretty fresh uh, in the minds of all of these people. So, and then obviously they had, the, you know, the Old Testament as well at this time. So, but that's just very important. And I hated, I hate that they, the NLT didn't have it in there. Cause I was just, when I read that at first, I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. That's when he stopped. And I was like, wait, this is missing something. And I looked at verse six and that's what was missing. Which obviously um, the NLT has it noted right here underneath. Or sure. Not to go beyond what is written. Sure, and that's what, and that's fine. But you have to stop. But and you take have to stop and step, look. And if yes. you didn't have a study Bible, I'm not positive that that's not noted. Or I mean, I'm I'm not positive that it's noted. We have study Bible, so if you just have like a regular. I think NLT they still have this these notes. They just don't do have they? this under okay. here. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they probably do. So. But anyways, the point being is do that not go we of should <laughs> be able to weigh everything in life off of Scripture. Well, yeah, what and, and, does the Bible say? Yeah. How do we weigh this with the Holy Spirit and Scripture? That's what we have to guide us through these things. It's not tradition. It's not man's teaching. It's not anything else other than that than this. Yeah. And anything that I think minimizes the importance of this is dangerous well you can go outside to see where i mean to find culture the time the place you know there's all kinds of things that you can go to but as far as us as far as what we do we do not go outside of scripture yeah for any reason for any kind of idea practice yeah never and and caution anybody that tries to do that because there is countless cults out there that consistently do that Mm -hmm. Um, the jehovah witnesses the mormons Mm -hmm. the i mean we could go on all day for the you know pretty much everything else (laughs) so all right so all of that just note that verse seven verse seven for what gives you the right to make such a judgment what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? You think you already have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you were really reigning already, for then we would be reigning with you. Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display, like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade condemned to die we have become a spectacle to the entire world to people and angels alike <laughs> i kind of like that. i mean the angels in heaven are watching what goes on down here and they're kind of in amazement <laughs> so paul's making kind of a funny point right there with that one but i really like this verse because i am a big big advocate against kingdom now theology 
And if you don't know what that is, just go ahead and comment about it, and we can have a whole podcast about it if people want it, because I could talk for hours about this. This is code for Brandon is dying to do nothing but discuss that very topic, so please let him know that somebody out there is Yeah, if somebody wants to, I'd have no problem taking care of it. Um, it there's is a important. lot to it. I know I there's give you a hard time you because do, but everything. It is one of my like most important topics that I sit over here and it makes me pace up and down the house and like yeah. I it just it's so but it is so important and Christians don't even realize how important it is. Yeah. Um so yeah, if if you want to have a podcast about that, I would be more than happy to to do it. He might if slip not, you 10 bucks if you'll call Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I think Right here, it's not a direct reference to it, so I don't need any comment warriors out there. I understand that, but I think this is a direct reference to Paul calling out people that that believe in Kingdom Now theology. Like, it actually, this is one verse that I've heard a couple teachers pull out to try to use as defending defending the view of us of not being in the kingdom when mm-hmm. we believe that the kingdom is is returning with is coming with Christ's second coming yeah, the kingdom full. isn't here now yeah it's just not completely realized mm-hmm. so this is more so there's a very popular belief with a head of steam behind it that believes that we are in God's kingdom now mm-hmm. and and basically at the end of the day where Satan is bound and we are to um, bring the nations all to Christ and bring all enemies to, to help bring all enemies under Christ. And that's our Christ job feet. to be doing this kingdom work here now right. so that so, Christ can return so, he's waiting on us. Yeah, so we're not looking for Christ's imminent return. Yeah, Christ, we have to create this right. utopia. Right, will not that return, return until to. the time. and whatever that that's that's the basic belief of it and i think this is kind of what paul is saying here he's like i wish it oh, was <laughs> you guys act if you're already ruling in the kingdom like you have everything like everything's already yeah. hunky dory and great he goes i wish that you were reigning Amen. in the kingdom i wish it was kingdom because <laughs> if you were i would be along with you and mm-hmm. we'd all have a lot better but we're not and that's that's what i think he says here so i'm going to leave it at that Verse 10. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools, but you claim to be so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. This kind of goes into that same belief because the Kingdom Now theology is, well, we are, you know, we are bringing, you know, we have unlimited option and unlimited kingdom power to change the world and we just need to think like it Mm. and if we're gonna stop thinking like we can't change the world then you can't and you're not with christ but you're against him so right here i think he says like oh you're so powerful everything's so great well then why are we so weak and we're being ridiculed and yeah the apostles themselves and christianity is not Advancing, it is in in a way of in people's heart and in, in growing, but not advancing in the way of this is going to be like it's consuming the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you know the, that's like going to be the world is yeah. letting go of the world to come to exactly. Christ. Exactly. 
Or that we're bringing in the kingdom that only Christ himself could bring in. Verse 11. Even now we go hungry and thirsty, and we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our hands to earn our living, but we bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. Again, he's talking in a way that wouldn't be kingdom talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we're bur- we're beaten. We go hungry. We go thirsty. In the kingdom, none of the none of these things are going to happen to Christ. To, to us. Yeah. Correct. None of these things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the way that he, he's saying these things, it seems like he's talking against strongly against believing that there's some kind of, uh, you knocked your microphone down. You always yell at me for that. So if that was loud in your ear, I don't think it was write a comment to Heidi and not to me this time. All right. Well, your knocked microphone, I probably wasn't saying anything important, so let's just go to verse, <laughs> what, 14? No, yes. <laughs> 14. Let's go to that verse that I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. I just said it's not important because I was on a, I was on a, I don't know where I was going. You Nobody. messed me up and making fun of you. Verse 15. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ... You only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. That is why I have sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Some of you have become arrogant, thinking I will not visit you again. But I will come soon if the Lord lets me. And then I will find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's power. (laughs) For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Which do you choose? Should I come with a rod to punish you? Or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? (laughs) He's talking like a father talks to his kid. When I get home, is it going to be done or am I going to have to? (laughs) That's why... I'm not sure what he meant by when he said he opposed Cephas to his face. Because <laughs> he was about ready to beat somebody with a rod. Yeah, that's pretty swift talk. It's so funny how when you start touching on subjects that are very, very sensitive and relevant to today, people get so anti-judgy. Yeah. And here Paul is writing these things. You can't mistake that for thinking that that means something else. That, that means what you think it means. Verse 1. In chapter 5, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. So you know it's bad. Yeah. I I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. I want to pause real quick because this is our family Bible study. When we read, <laughs> let me just say, because yeah. this is a question that, that we get a lot. Yeah, you that's a good point to bring up. We read with our children book by book entire books we do not skip anything 
And the kids that are around the table with us every morning Don't think are, that that question doesn't come up. Yeah, what does that mean? We have the baby crawling around. We've got a 6-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So that's our range of children. And, of course, Lily's these. at the age now, the 8-year-old, that mm-hmm. has to know everything. Yeah, Lily is and not a child that you can even give, like, a general answer to. She wants specific details. She is my child. She is very much like, no, 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 you tell me straight up, what is this? I need all of the information. Yet Um, she won't give you a straight detail of her life depended on it when you're telling a story. Exactly like your child and like her mother. So the point being here is that, yes, sometimes we come across scripture that is of a topic that is uncomfortable and maybe (laughs) not a conversation you're expecting to have around the table at 8 o'clock in the morning with your entire family. Um, But I think it is important that we read scripture um, in totality to our children. Um, When we get to stuff like this, I mean... They understand the what? Well, I was just going to say, let me give you my perspective. Because when I, I was the one that first started doing this. Yep. Okay. And so me, and I came across it, and I remember sitting there the first time, a couple times, there's a couple things that I came across reading. And I'm like, I sat there at first, and in my head, I just took a big gulp, and I was like, wow. I'm not going to hide it from them. No, it means what it means, it, yeah. and there's n- absolutely no nothing that I should try to sugarcoat about it because that's my whole point is I don't want to sugarcoat anything. You shouldn't. No fluff. Remember, that's a, that's our thing. And I'm like, I'm not going to give them an answer like that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that. So I remember sitting there going, nope, this is exactly what it means. And told told them exactly like living in sin with his stepmother what do you think well he had a wife that was his also his dad's wife and he and did things was doing with his things wife, like like wifely things, things yeah. too <laughs> yeah you use the term like things that that mommy should do for daddies and daddy should do for mommies not for your stepmom your stepmom so. Yeah, so I think just the importance of sometimes we will come like again when we're coming up in First Corinthians seven in tomorrow's study is you will come up with things that it's a little uncomfortable sometimes to talk about, especially when they're younger. Um, but then I think it's important when you always are just having these things. I mean, instead of being uncomfortable, so you skip them or ignore them. Obviously, you can only explain to the understanding of whatever age and maturity your child is at, but. Um, the fact that these things are just in your conversation in scripture and not something that you're like shying away from and getting freaked out over, um, I think is very important in building this biblical truth and knowledge when our children go out into the world and have to make a stand against these very serious issues that are becoming the anti-biblical answer to these things is becoming so mainstream. So I think we need to make sure that we're not shying away from these intimate issues. But yeah, because when these things come up in life, the kids are going to need a good defense for it. Mm-hmm. And and they that's it. That, they, they're going to use, they're, especially in the world that we live in today, they're going to get caught like not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Like we've even had a couple questions before of people saying, well, this is what the kids say to them. Mm-hmm. What and it's like, okay, yeah, they need to have a good defense for it. So, being more honest with them and giving a defense of why Mm -hmm. these things. And what's really, really funny about this well, not so funny, but if you read or study or know anything about Roman culture, Mm -hmm. 
and this this Greco-Roman culture at the time for the fact that one thing that even that they wouldn't do and they thought they were that's like, ew, bad. that's gross. <laughs> yeah. That is bad. Because they did a lot of because really gnarly they stuff. Were, they, they were very, very odd. Um, very, very <laughs> weird people. So for them to even find something like that gross mm-hmm. is, that's dude, that's crazy. That's <laughs> But we do want to encourage other families to dive into scripture. I mean, even use this with your family if you'd like to, but just know that we will not hold back. Scripture is what scripture is, and we will cover it completely. We are not going to leave out verses or chapters because they might make someone uncomfortable. You're not going to find that here. So yeah, or we're we not going to answer it things. differently or try to speed past it and not. Because that's what you're tempted to do. Because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't want to discuss like, these things weird. with your children. This is inappropriate. But then, you know, once you get over that 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 initial first, like, uh, you know, weirdness of it, and then you just start reading past it, you're like, yeah, it's okay. Because our children completely understand that there is a special intimacy between mommies and daddies, and that's what it's made for. And anything um, that is not mommy and daddy within marriage is something that is not what God intended for these special relationships to be. And again, depending on the age and maturity of your child will determine how far into that you necessarily want to go. Um, If you have an eight-year-old like Lily, then it means after daddy leaves that mommy is sitting there giving her all kinds of (laughs) in-depth discussions on things because she is a child that must know every detail and (laughs) not have anything left But, I mean, we're going to get through, we're going to probably make it to the Old Testament prophets here pretty soon. and All kinds of funky stuff starts happening. If y'all have ever read the book of Hosea, (laughs) let me tell you. That's a fun one to answer. That's that's fun. All but right. anyways, I think that was an important note to share. Yeah. First two. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. You should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I'm not with you in person, I am with you in spirit. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call it meeting of the church. I'll be present with you in spirit. And so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. This is a verse that the church gets wrong a lot because a lot of people will throw this this back in your face. Is this If you sin, are clearly sinning in a way like this man was in the church. Mm-hmm. You're called to call a church meeting, confront this sin, and then if this to throw this person out until this person repents, turns, and then comes back, and you know, yes, because that's what he had to write in Second Corinthians. We'll get he to it. To, he responds to. He responds to again because they had treated him so hard. They didn't. He Paul didn't want him to treat him so harshly that he they didn't welcome him back, him, yeah. and it discourages him. Yeah. Because we are to forgive right. and accept people but when they decide to But it was clear to get it out, and it needed to be a period of time, a period of cleansing, mm-hmm. um, and it needed to be clear in the church that this is not acceptable. And this is a sin that not maybe not this exact one. Well, <laughs> although we're a twisted, evil people nowadays, so I imagine this goes on a lot more than we'd like. And we're in the South, so I'm pretty sure that this is 
this is probably more common today maybe than it would have been back in their their time. Even Romans would have been like, ew, that's yeah. weird. But, I mean, just not even the sexual sin period. I mean, just fragrant sin in general. Mm-hmm. Um, greedy, boastful, proud, er- mm-hmm. I, all these things. If, if these things define a person's character or if this is somebody in the church that's a member of the church and you're being Trump about everything. Like this is not something that can be acceptable inside of the church. And this yeah. person needs to be told and they need well, to be. Well, because we should be holding one another accountable, accountable to live up to scripture and the clear instruction that we're given. I'm not fully. Nobody's I'm, perfect. I'm but. not fully sure what Paul means here when he says to hand him over to Satan, because yeah. even the best Bible scholars will tell you this probably refers to is yeah. what the answer for this question mm-hmm. will be. And what does that mean? Well, this probably refers to your, I don't know, but I know it's not good. And the point was, is that it, it wasn't, it was meant to be handing him over to Satan. I'd be kick him out to, to the world. I mean, that would be my guess. Well, I think the, um, any of us who are interested in like Amish culture, the way of an Amish shunning, right? Um, Obviously, they went a little far. Well, with and this. their shunning is based off of their rules, which again, anytime you're bringing mans. in, man, a lot of them are biblical principles, which indeed we right. should do more of. But that's but exactly what into, happened with the Pharisees. That's what I'm saying, right? They go into the, the Pharisees said the exact same thing. These were biblical principles that exactly. were exactly. <laughs> but the point being of hey, we are here to live for Christ. If you are claiming to be a part of this, but you're not living up to the clear instruction that we have, some issues are incredibly clear. Some issues are more up to you, and are you convicted? You know, whatever. They're, it's not a, a just a flamboyant, you know, sin against God. But for these things that are, hey. This is a no-go. You either stop this right now, repent, and turn from your sins. Right. Or you got to go. You don't get to stay here and call yourself one of us and do this because, well, we're going to get in here. With but yeah, we don't, we don't know what the line is because we'll be judge, you know, we'll be mm-hmm. judgmental and we'll just try to stand on our own righteousness and our own things like this. Just to try to stand on something, our own opinions or thoughts. And, and, and that's what, what the problem is. Because there's actual biblical principles that are just outlined for you right here. That, yes, and that that's what we stand on. Stand on, and you must defend those. Mm-hmm. And that's my point with this. And a that's lot not of this hate. That's not no. Anything. And 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 my that's one of the things that I really want to stress throughout our whole ministry is that this is this is serious and you need to be more serious about it. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you, you, it's something that you must be serious with. Mm -hmm. You, you, it's not a joke. It's something that changed lives and it's, it's not something that can be, um, abused. It's not, you know, Mm -hmm. especially fragrantly. It's not somebody, something that you can drag through the mud. It's not one size fits all. It's not workspace salvation by any means, but, there's a lot of respect to it Mm -hmm. you know like you just don't well and i think for so long everything really was on one side of the spectrum where you think of this like early 1900s like you know way of going about things and the way people were treated if they were not living up to the church's standard whatever and so whenever something is off balance 
it's only natural that you end up eventually with a huge shift to the complete opposite unbalance. So now we have this everything's all inclusive, you never judge, it's all love, everybody's man for himself, do whatever you want to do. Right, or your Westboro Baptist over here damning everybody to hell for everything. Our point is going, um, you guys, it's actually like, in the middle of both of those yeah <laughs> it's it, very it, yeah, clear. It really let's is. just read what it says yeah so, anyways it really is so that was uh that's something that's very important mm-hmm. and well yes and, and remember we don't try to judge the world this isn't something we're not going around looking for reasons to judge nor we should be looking around at other believers for reasons to judge yeah, but but when you're believe. among other believers, when you see other believers, it it wouldn't if you're living your life how you should, it's really easy to tell you these things. Things that go against this are yeah. You, you're like there should be a moment where you're just like whoa 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 wait a minute time wait. out everybody whoa whoa hold on you flag yeah <laughs> like yeah. theology rest there's a flag here hold on a minute but we don't want to do that right you might offend someone you might right. upset someone and and, and again. I want to reiterate the fact that I said not on our own ideas and opinions. And no. this is what this is what happens. Like you said, the balance gets shifted and it goes way off one way. So it's somebody that thinks they have their own self-righteous uh, platform here that's standing on. I think this is what this interpretation means. I think this is what you can't do that. Listen, I've even heard teachers that I agree with stand on a platform and say things that, that up on one and I'm like, ooh, no. So you can't do that. It says what it means. And means Even though I agree with you, like you can't do that. Yeah. So we, we need to keep all of that in mind. Well, and I love, again, with the kids, this is really cool with what we're reading going here into verse 6 on. But we are coming up on Passover, which we just shared videos about on our homeschool YouTube channel. But our family loves celebrating the biblical feast. I would say Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, which is what we're coming coming up on, is our family's favorite. Like, we look forward to this all year long. We cannot wait for Passover. You were just talking this morning about the Unleavened Bread. Oh, like, yeah. We oh, it's almost Unleavened, unleavened, unleavened bread, bread time. I love <laughs> like, it. This is our jam, and this scripture here that we're getting ready to read is one that um, we will, of course, be going over again and again with the children because the, um, the celebration of Passover and the week of unleavened bread, um, making the unleavened breads, abstaining from eating any yeast, stuff like that is all a message of sin and Christ. Right. Like that's and is, why that's what the point was. doing these festivals is so cool to do as Christians to still be a part of this because this is what we're talking about here. So Right. It's like the one time a year you celebrate the fact that you removed all the sin and wickedness and that you've had, you know, uh, yeah, so for eight days we celebrate the amazingness of, I mean, we celebrate Christ every day, but the special time to just realize and, you know, see in scripture the reference to these different things. Um, this part we'll be reading, and even our six year olds will be like, Passover? <laughs> so, verse seven. Six. Six. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by, rem- by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. 
So let us celebrate with the festival, not with the old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. There's that point you keep talking about. Yep, I keep making that same stinking point. I think, did the, did my mindless Trump rant podcast go out? Did you not put that one out? No, it hasn't gone out. Okay. Remember that's the one we thought about going back and moving yeah, things? Yeah, we were going to, yeah, we were going to. Okay, so I know that one. Okay. Well, it wasn't really mindless. It wasn't actually mindless at all, but it was a rant. And we were kind of just like, yeah, I don't really, I don't think we want to put that out yet. But anyway, my one of my points in it was, was actually bringing up this point was when we have people that claim to be believers, they say, yes, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and especially if they're on a public platform, mm-hmm. large public platform. Heck, they might even be president in the United States. Could be. As Christians, no, we shouldn't be looking for reasons or looking for things that these people to slip up on and to point our fingers at them. That's definitely not what I'm getting at, you know, as far as that goes. I'm, I'm not trying to, to say that we're looking for reasons. But... As we spoke earlier, if we see somebody who is fragrantly sinning Mm -hmm. and just making a fool out of scripture. What it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Those are the ones that we need to pay attention to and close attention to. Because if they have any kind of influence on the outlook the world's outlook or even other believers outlook of what christianity is then you know we have to we have to look at that and and we have to be critical of it and these are something that we make excuses for now yeah and make exceptions for now and roman the book of romans tells us that we cannot make any kind of exception for this Mm -hmm. that's part of the problem that's what god's judgment is for he gets more upset with the people that make excuse for the approval of these things so if we have somebody that's claiming christ they need to but yet living as an enemy living as an enemy of a Mm -hmm. the cross we need to look call that out and we need to not support that Mm mm-hmm <clears throat> well, and that's where he says again here, God will judge those on the outside. And look, you must remove the evil person from uh, among you. I'm not talking about anything of the past. I'm talking about the person and the things that we see now. Sure. Okay. And yes, 
God will forgive and Christ can forgive any we sin. We forgive, yeah. And we also forgive. But there's a clear life path that people take when they have repented and changed. Mm-hmm. And, and it does not follow. You, you shy away from anything that would lead you, anybody else to believe that your life wasn't completely changed through the Holy Spirit. So things like, you know, slander, greed, you know, these things, selfish ambition, selfish ambition, these things are not, uh, evidence of the, of, of a right spiritual relationship. So as Christians, this is where we make no exception to anybody that, that drags our Lord through the dirt. When one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, you can't decide even the little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters, Why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another right in front of unbelievers. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. We use verses 7 and 8, well, 7, I guess, with the kids all the time. Yeah. You know, because we always get that, well, that's not fair. Why did I? I had it for, you know, these Why little Why not just disputes. be wrong? Why not just be wrong? I wasn't sure, and I wasn't sure where to stop there because I know that there's a lot there's of things lot. that I wanted to go over mm-hmm. here that he says, but I wanted to give kind of just a more broad spectrum yeah. of what he's saying. Um, honestly, yeah, I mean, you can take this completely, yeah, this can, this can be applicable to today as far as, is Christians like that? I mean, well, in, in the context here, these people were, I mean, just like we have today, constantly suing one another, taking, you know, pressing legal, I mean, all the time he's going, Why as believers would you be doing would this be to one doing another? Have you way? lost this your mind? This is you can't this settle. This is something disputes? that the world does. Mm-hmm. This is not something we that are we are supposed to, live to do. Different. We do not live like the world. And what's really funny is during the uh, it's going to come up again. So I'm sorry, haters, but during the Trump campaign, it was funny because that was one of the things that he was running on was talking about you know all this fake news or even before oh, yeah. it was. You know, he goes, well, we're going to go in, we're going to sue him, and we're going to win lots and lots of money. And then you have all of his bait. Yeah, win sue them all. Sue yeah. them all. And I'm like, and even now, I mean, we're a lot of us are sue happy over. Why not just accept the not? injustice and leave it at that? Let yourself right. be cheated. Why do we, why do we, and then. Because we have to be right. Even in our everyday lives at a restaurant, right? Even mm-hmm. if, like, the the 
waitress messes something small up. Like you get like a, you know. This isn't what I paid for. I exactly paying for my service. I exactly, yeah. it's, it's just that attitude that we can. Just have. that attitude. Not that there's nothing wrong with saying, uh, "This is not what I paid for." You know, this yeah, is not. Yeah, excuse me. Excuse I, I me, needed to have this. Can I please try get the again? Thing I asked you know, for? there's not that there's anything with wrong respect, with that. With and respect kindness and kindness and humility. And and then a lot of times, like, I mean, listen, I'm. I'm a lot more passive now than I, but I've always had a little bit of that in me because I'm like, listen, look, it's cool. If it's something that's going to hurt me, yeah, I need to obviously, hey, I can't have nuts. I told you no nuts. Like, I'm going to die. I am allergic. Like, but if it's something small, like I got a Diet Coke when I ordered a Coke, I'm like. Well, that will kill you too. Oh, jeez, Alex. I know it Aspartame will. Aspartame will kill you. We were just well, talking it will kill you. about It'll just that. destroy your body. Yes, we were just talking about that in the doctor's office. But anyway, I'm not that I drink diet coke. This stuff's disgusting. But little mistake. But I mean, little, the I'm point saying being my, you're relax. the one that took me off track the here. Point Alex being Jones. relax over these things. Yes. Like, why it, not just, just be Why wrong. not just be like you know what? You I, don't have to show everyone that you were right and talk to the manager and create a big scene and so that way you can walk out on top. Just sit down and shush. Yeah, exactly. Just why not? Boom. Why not be wrong? So the policy changed. They, they didn't see fit to notify you. So is life. So is life. But yet when a child does, acts the uh, same like, way. I'll get over it. We say get over it. You get what you get. Yeah. But yet we don't want to have the same attitude in real life. Guess what? We get what we get. Why? A lot of times Why it's not, not fair. Life was uh, never promised to be fair. Okay, going back to don't you know that we are to judge angels? This yes. is a unicorn that we don't really talk about here. But Paul is, even though he's kind of just making a point here, he's revealing kind of something that you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, that we all know about because this is something that requires Old Testament knowledge that you mm-hmm. know that being princes and priests and being in the kingdom of God, um, we we will judge these things. We will uh, assist. He that is that is part of I guess one of those really awesome gifts that Christ offers. <laughs> that mm-hmm. in in a in the period in the end of world history as we know it as we currently know it. You will be sitting and ruling and reigning along with the king. And there and are these fallen you, angels that will yeah, be and, judged. And we are as believers. Now, who has what and what is what? I don't know. We don't have those details. <laughs> I'm not the judge. I'm not the judge of all that. I just know what it says, and I know what these things that uh, that are really awesome to look forward to, and they're really things, cool things to just think about. Mm-hmm. Because you think about, well, what if you find yourself in front of the demons that have haunted you your whole life? Sure. You know, the demons of your, your past. What if? I mean, these are just those things that, you know, you, you think and you ponder these things. Wow, what if I get to this, you know, this demon of my family that is tortured, you know, that has caused division and pain and... And that has caused disease and and whatever it may be in your life. What if one day you get to be face to face with that? Yeah. Uh, but on on the part of the process. The, hey, we need Madeline. to we need to talk about this <laughs> sit level. Down. Yeah, sit down. We need to talk about this level. Yeah. 
Just let your mind think for that. I mean, that's what Paul said. Don't you know that we are to judge angels? When you say judge angels, what the heck? They live in God's presence. Oh, wait a minute. We. <laughs> we. So this, this, there's some just interesting little things that are interwoven in between there. So, had a weird place to go after suing people, but. That's where we're at. Verse he's eight. trying to make a point that, listen, we, we need to be able to live this life like adults because so the, stop being so, so childish. stop being so childish because the the next life that we are going into the the one that actually matters that all of this is for we'll be doing some pretty big stuff that's the stuff that you need to pay attention to going he's making the point of why didn't you know just why don't you be cheated but we're believers so whatever instead we are the ones that cheat others who are also fellow believers. Mm-hmm. Like what? So Paul goes on to list here, though, specific sins, reminding them specific mm-hmm. things that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yep. Specific ones. So if you got your highlighters. These are important. We need to understand and apply this literally to life. Right. So verse 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or are greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You, Some of you were once like that. Some of them were homosexual. Some of them were drunkards. Some of them were abusive. Some of them were cheats. Some of them were greedy. greedy. Some of them were thieves. Some of them were prostitutes. It doesn't matter what you've done. You've been cleansed. We all have a list of bad things we've we done. We all, none of that, it does not matter. It's But it's you've been cleansed. So once you've been cleansed of these things, you no longer walk in these ways. Yep. You hate these ways. You despise you them. You do nothing. And have so nothing when to you do despise that. them, that doesn't mean that you would be caught dead with it. You yeah. would be caught dead in it. That's how you don't sin. Yes, it's difficult because you have different temptations and it starts small and it builds up, but that's where you have to just cut it off. Anything to do with it. And, and, and whatever that means to you personally is what that means. It doesn't matter to each each person it's going to be different but if you notice he says that those who indulge not those who don't you realize who yeah he says in verse 9 those who indulge in these things in sexual sin practice homosexuality thieves greedy drunkards abusive okay not used to or have indulged yeah it says that you're currently walking in it Mm -hmm. But that, that so that means that you you cannot give excuse to 
any of those things. But even as a new believer, you come to Christ knowing that you need to repent of all these bad things that you've done and turn and live a life completely different. So a lot of these things should be self-governing for you. You should know where your limits are and, and what your 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 things are. So yeah, I mean, very important to note that we are forgiven and there's not one thing that that he can't erase away. But we But don't it requires of so much out of you. Mm-hmm. Not works. It just is a result of what's been given and what's been done for you. Verse 12, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say that food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made... That is the second offense. Sorry for everybody's eardrums. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that our bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God has bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. All right, that's the last chapter for today. Uh, Paul's extremely clear. Sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Immorality, and there's a huge, huge point to it, and that's what Paul is making here. I mean, you and God are one spirit. Mm -hmm. So when you're using your body as an immoral tool for whatever reason with God's spirit you're trying to join God with something immoral those two don't mix nope they don't mix well and yet what is so just in your face and just everywhere rambunctious that was Brandon that, that time was that was fault. not me um but what is so just and it's so mainstream right yeah it is it's everywhere what's good is now evil and what's evil is now good you know but he's very very clear and this is not one this is not just one sexual sin this is not just homosexuality this is listen I don't care if you're as my mom used to say shacked up Mm -hmm. and living with somebody and not married or if you're got a secretary on the side or whatever it is I mean it's none of this is acceptable and none of no no person who practices these things can inherit the kingdom of God that's from it's God not from me simple, so yeah. well clear. on that note yep that's be back with 
the other one tomorrow, tomorrow. yeah starting more with uh, marriage divorce and singleness we'll That'll start off fun. tomorrow morning <laughs> thank you guys for hanging right. out with us thank you